the contractions just went by so fast because I was just breathing Mm -hmm. and, um, just relaxing my body, just learning to let it go, just let it go. And just let that wave like wash over you. And, and then it's done after that, you don't have to do it again. And that was one thing my doula kept saying to me over and over again that I loved so much. She would just say, good job. You never have to do that one again. Like (laughs) it gives me, it gives me goosebumps to think about it. Cause like, yeah, you, that's one step closer to meeting your baby. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Which leads to better outcomes, do you think? High amounts of unpersonalized intervention or space? Space to allow a mother's body to do what it's designed to do. Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 125 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking with Miss Brittany Pride, a mother of four daughters and new member of the home birth community. Through Brittany's stories, we will learn what style of care worked best for her and her family. Before we jump in, let me take a moment to welcome all of the new students who took advantage of the Mother's Day sale and joined Happy Home Birth Academy last week. I am so thrilled to have you. If you didn't join last week, don't worry. You can still access Happy Home Birth Academy anytime. Just go to myhappyhomebirth.com and click on Happy Home Birth Academy in the upper right-hand corner. And let me thank our reviewer of the week, Can I Get More to Like, who says, Best way to birth. I love listening to this podcast. I started out with an OB group for my first pregnancy and ended up moving for my military husband and was able to have a midwife and birth in her house. Now I'm hooked on home birth and I'm so glad Caitlin is sharing so many women's stories. She's a vibrant interviewer and all her guests are amazing. Thank you, Caitlin, for all your hard work. Thank you, Can I Get More to Like? And if you would send me an email at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. And hey, if you get a second, if you are loving this show, would you just hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a hopefully five-star rating and possibly even a review? It is one of the best ways to get the show into the ears of more mothers. All right, let's jump in. Please remember the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And this show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm happy to have you. Would you mind taking a moment to just begin by introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. Um, my name is Brittany Pride. Um, I'm a mom of four. I have four little girls. My oldest just turned eight, and then my second is five and a half. My third is three, and then my newest um, is eight months old. I live in just outside Nashville, Tennessee, a little bit south of Nashville with my husband. And I am a stay-at-home mom, but I'm also a social media influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call it. And I love, love, love just empowering moms. Um, I'm a crunchy mom, more um, on the natural holistic side. And I just love empowering moms to take charge of their health and their family's health and birth obviously plays a huge part in that. And, um, 
I had my fourth daughter at home. It was my first home birth, not my first unmedicated birth, my first home birth. And it was just the most amazing experience of my life. So I'm super excited to be here to share about it. That is incredible. I would love to know. So it sounds like you've been kind of in this holistic, crunchy world for quite a while. Is that right? Yes. Like 13 years ago, I moved to Nashville and I started noticing I was not feeling well and just started digging more into my diet and lifestyle and kind of just reframed my entire, um, you know, idea of health and what I was putting into my body. I did not grow up in a healthy home, not healthy, but just my mom didn't know, didn't know any better, just ate normal standard American diet. And, um, so it was totally new for me. And so from there, I just kind of found my passion with that. And obviously that translated into me having kids and doing things as naturally as possible. Um, we're big on essential oils and just, you know, just utilizing everything I can that's natural before going another route. So yes, I am a crunchy mom. (laughs) Living through. So with your first pregnancy, um, I'd love to hear what you planned for that pregnancy and, and how did your labor and birth go as well? Um, my first pregnancy was amazing. I have, I'm so thankful. I've had really great, I mean, I'm sick during the first trimester, typical kind of nausea. My first wasn't that bad. I actually was a stay at home mom even before I had a baby. So my husband, I was a nanny and then a preschool teacher. And so my husband really wanted me to have a little bit of a break from taking care of kids to before we had our first daughter. So thankfully I got to stay home during my pregnancy, which was so amazing. So I'm, I got kind of spoiled and every time I was sick or tired, I could just take a nap. (laughs) Um, and so my first pregnancy was wonderful. I didn't have any issues. Um, my I went into labor on my due date and, um, I did not have a doula, which I think was, you'll hear my, my first birth was pretty traumatic. It was not what I expected. It was, um, did not go the way I planned. And I know now that there were some things that I could have done differently to, um, help that. I thought it was very prepared. We did, um, Bradley method classes during my pregnancy, which I loved. My husband is I I always call him my doula because he's like the most amazing birth partner. He's so involved. He's hands-on. He loves birth just as much as I do. And, but I think a doula in my situation could have really helped me. I was having back labor. Um, I did just, I, I, I could tell she was in like a really not a great position, but I didn't know what to do because I was so crippled by the pain and I didn't have the tools in my toolbox to be able to know what to do. So, um, I was in labor for about 20, 20 hours and, um, I thought I was in transition. So we just like, okay, we're going to go to the hospital now. My goal was to wait until transition to go. And we got there. And at this point I was having, I would say I was having butt labor because I, <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like. Um, no one ever told me about that, but it literally felt like she was trying to come out of my bum because my cervix was behind her head wow. instead of, um, moved forward. And it was just, like I said, she was in a really funky position and she was low, but my cervix hadn't had a chance to catch up. And so I got there and I was having to kind of like drop down to the ground every time, like in the parking lot, (laughs) which I look back now and I'm like, why did I go? Why didn't I just stay home? Um, and 
I was checked and she was having a really hard time checking me. I had midwives, so I was delivering at a hospital, but I was with a midwifery group, which was more natural, but it was still very much within that, you know, clinical situation. And so she checked me and I was only one centimeter dilated. And this is after 20 hours. I mean, I was past the point of no return at this point. My water had leaked um, before I went into labor. My water leaked. I kind of woke up and the bed was wet. And then when I was in triage, my water completely broke. And so I was kind of on a time clock at that point. Um, and I was also GBS positive. So there was that playing into into effect. Just I was, I, I feel like a typical first time mom, even though I am a crunchy natural mom. And I really wanted, I prepared for a natural birth as best I knew how, um, I still kind of didn't know a lot of things. And so that's kind of where I try to share as much as I can about that on my platform, because I feel like you can think, you know, and then they're just all these things that get thrown at you in the moment and you just, you're not prepared for them. And so, um, going into a hospital setting in birth is, (laughs) not always a great option. And now that I've had a home birth, my third was a birth center birth, like a freestanding birth center. And I loved that also, but having a home birth after two hospital births and a birth center birth was just completely eye-opening to, you know, just one of those moments where I was like, why didn't I do this for all of my babies? Because it was just empowering and just amazing. And, um, anyway, so yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, but my first pregnancy was amazing. My birth, not so much. Um, it was pretty traumatic. Thankfully I delivered her vaginally. I did not have to have a C-section, which was, I think only because I had midwives and not an OB, no offense to OBs, but I think, um, I had been in labor for 36 hours by the time she was born and with my water broken and the GBS positive, I think they probably would have pushed me to have a C-section if it was any, any other doctor. Um, and so I pushed for three hours. I I finally got an epidural. My husband actually was like, she needs something because I could not relax. My cervix was stuck. Um, you know, all the typical things you hear. And then, so I got an epidural and, Um, I did dilate fast because of that. I think it just finally relaxed me, but I think preventatively I could have done a lot of things in early labor. If I would have had a doula helping me, um, work on positioning and things like that, I could have helped myself not get into that position. If that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. And I mean, that's such a great, um, perspective and your ability to look back and recognize that is, is massive. Um, I also, gosh, it's so frustrating to hear about that darn cervix because you know, when, when the cervix gets behind, it's like the baby's head isn't able to put that pressure. So for for anyone who's like, well, I don't understand. Like if she's feeling like she's in transition, but she's one centimeter, it's because that baby was so low, but it wasn't putting pressure on the actual cervix. Yeah, exactly. And she was, um, there's a word for it and I always forget it, but she was sort of sideways, not breach or anything. Yes, that's the word. And so my contractions were back to back for like seven minutes straight. So I hadn't, they were not normal. So it was almost like it mimicked transition in the way that the contractions were close together and long, but I wasn't dilated to you know, eight centimeters. <laughs> so that was pretty devastating. And with my water broken, there's no more cushion. So you're kind of stuck there in a, in a, in a way. So, um, you know, I just look back and think, gosh, I, you know, you don't know what you don't know and you know better, you do better, but 
And I had a lot of, I had a lot of PTSD after that and trauma because it did not go the way I thought it was going to go. And, um, it took me a while to get over that and not feel like a failure, Mm -hmm. but you know, birth is beautiful no matter what it is. And I just, anyone who listens to this, I hope that if you had an experience like that, or, um, if you, you know, if you feel, if you're feeling bad about your birth experience, just know number one, it's not, it's not your fault and it's still beautiful. You know, you delivered a baby and you're a rock star, and also you can have a better birth after that. So that was, um, my second delivery was also in the hospital, but it was much more, it was typical, you know, contractions. I was like, I remember thinking when I was in labor with my second, wow, you have a contraction and then it stops and you don't have any pain. <laughs> like I never experienced that with my first and it was so <laughs> amazing. And I was like, wow, this is how moms have natural births because you don't though that, you know, one minute in between contractions or whatever it is, gives you life for that next one. It's like, it's crazy. So anyway, yeah, that makes so much sense. Now I have a question about, you know, with your first birth being traumatic, was there anything that you found to be very helpful in processing through that? Or was it more of a, just like time thing? How did you kind of transform, um, you know, for your next birth? So for me, I'm a very much knowledge. I like to know what to do and I like to be competent. So I think that was the biggest blow was that I felt incompetent after that. And so the biggest thing that happened to me that changed me, I think was just doing it again and um, learning as much as I could. I was honestly really thankful that it went so wrong, not wrong, that's the wrong word, but that it was you know not perfect the first time because I learned so much from it And I feel like I could relate so much more to other moms who went through situations like that and, you know, not just be like, oh, I've had all these perfect, you know, labor and deliveries, but so just doing it again and learning from that experience and then putting into practice and knowing what not to do the next time, I think was really, really helpful and really healing for me. So I credit my second child a lot, a lot because it just really healed my heart. And that birth experience was much better and, um, you know, just so much different than my first. So I think honestly, that was, I know a lot of first time moms who have that kind of experience, um, a traumatic birth experience the first time probably are a little bit hesitant to do it again, because you're like, well, this is just how my body is or, um, whatever. And I think, the biggest thing was that it's, it's different. It really is different. Every single time you have a different baby, a different placenta every time, you know, it's just, it's a completely different, it can be different. So, um, and I loved, I loved my second and third and fourth delivery so much more. <laughs> That's great. Now with your second, did you end up doing any additional things like hiring a doula or did that happen yes. later on? Mm. Yes. I was like, number one mistake for me for the first one was not having a doula. I think they are worth their weight in gold. So that was like number one on my list. As soon as I got pregnant, I found a doula who was amazing. I really wanted someone who, um, could help with malposition babies and use essential oils. Those are kind of like my boxes that I want to checked off. And so I found one and she was amazing. She was wonderful. She actually had six boys of her own and she had them at home. So she had a birth tub and she brought it over mm-hmm. <laughs> like ahead of time for us. So I got to labor in a birth tub at my house, you know, up until we went to the hospital when I was like seven centimeters. So it was really 
um, that was really cool. I felt like I kind of had half of a home birth <laughs> because of that. So I, I loved that so much and she was awesome. And I think that truly helped just having someone else there who like my husband and I know a lot, knew a lot, but she just was there to kind of like be that voice of reason and help when my husband was tired or, you know, just, I mean, I think it was, that was the best decision I made was hiring a doula. The second best decision I could have made would be to not have another hospital birth, but <laughs> I did anyway, and it was fine, but she was amazing. Yep. And I think that one thing that's important to remember, you know, sometimes people are like, well, but my husband is going to be my support person. And yes, yeah, yes. It's, it's not a either or situation. The thing that's so great about a doula is that, you know, even though you two had had a child before, you haven't been to, you know, births consistently to see all of the different ways that it can unfold and all yes. of the different tools that can be useful. So sometimes having that outside perspective to come in, who's experienced it um, so many times is just such a huge benefit, not only to you, of course, but to your husband as well to be like, Hey, why don't you try this or push here, you know? Yes, exactly. And that's, that's so funny that you say that because my husband, um, we were going to share some tips for, you know, labor and how the husband can help during labor. <laughs> he said, my number one tip is this hire a doula because guys are always, Oh, it's so expensive. And it is, they are not cheap. And he, my husband is just like, they are so worth it because it just takes the pressure off of you. And we thought, we you know, the first one we were like, oh, we got this. We had, we don't have any family here. We just wanted it to be just us and we could do it. And, you know, we're going to just muscle through it, just me and him. And gosh, I felt so bad for him because I'm in, you know, excruciating pain because I had this malposition baby and he didn't know really what to do other than what I was telling him. And he couldn't even go to the bathroom because I needed him to be pushing on my back <laughs> the entire 36 hours of my labor. And had we had a doula, he would have had, you know, a much better experience. And I think that moms kind of get caught up in that it's their experience. And it is, it is 100% birth is about you and your baby. As a mom, you are the only one who can birth that baby, but your husband is also, this is his birth experience too, in a way, you know, it's his child. And, um, you know, I kind of felt like his first birth experience is also not very good. So I was, so glad to hire a doula the next time she supported both of us. Like you said, she helped him know what to do and helped me. And just, it was a perfect, it's a team, you know, it's a team effort. So it's just a great way to capitalize on the relationship. I think, you know, like yes. whenever I think about my first birth versus my second, and I've said this a number of times on the podcast, but my husband and I were the same way in which we thought like, Oh, it's fine. You know, I, number one, I'd been attending home births for a while. I know what's going to happen. And I just assumed he would know what to do. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but I just assumed, and he assumed, Oh, she knows what she's doing. She's got it. So it was like a recipe for not usefulness. Yes. <laughs> and so then we learned, I mean, we learned the hard way, but then with our second birth, we were so able to capitalize on, okay, we're going to have support. I had my best friend who was an apprentice and, you know, she worked as my doula and helped Thomas know what to do. Like it was just, it helps the relationship so yes. much. Yes, it's true. And he can just focus on, you know, what he wants, how he wants to help you and love on you and not all the technical stuff of like, okay, well, 
you know, we're going to time contractions or, you know, whatever you're doing. And it just, yeah, it really helps so much. My husband for a home birth, um, I kind of made him in charge of the environment, you know, making sure that the water was warm enough in the tub and making sure the lights were dim. And, you know, he's, he's so cute. He like was spraying, la- I made like lavender room spray and he was like spraying it all around all the time. And just had my doula not been there to, you know, hold, push on my back or do the tens unit on me. Um, he wouldn't have had a chance to like do those things. And it was just, it's, it's a great, it's just a collaborative thing. It doesn't have to be just you. It doesn't have to be just you and your husband. If you want it to be, it can. But um, I think that it's really helpful to have that extra pair of hands um, and just someone else to bounce ideas off of if anything went, you know, a little haywire or whatever. So good point. Now with your third birth, you said that you guys used a freestanding birth center. What made you choose that route. Hey mamas, let me interrupt for a few quick moments to share some great news. I have a free class waiting for you. Home Birth Mythbusters, the five myths you need to bust to have a happy home birth is my free gift to all of you who are considering home birth, planning your 15th home birth, or are just curious to know more about what this is all about. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters to select a time that works for you and get started. You'll gain access to not only this incredible free masterclass, but you'll also be given access to sign up for Happy Home Birth Academy and an incredible bonus stack of resources. So wait no longer, head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters and reserve your seat today. All right, back to the show. You know, my husband, he keeps saying, this is our last baby every time. So every time I'm kind of like, okay, not the, not the first two, but the third one, he was like, okay, this might be the last one. So I was like, okay, well, if this is the last one, you know, I really want to make it, you know, better. Like, how can we make it better? I'm always trying to like learn from things and make it a better experience. So, um, my second experience was better, but you know, the hospital is just the hospital. You have to sleep in a bed that's not comfortable and, all those things. And I just didn't want to do that again. So the third one we delivered at baby and company. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. It's like, a, I think they're a chain, but there's one in Nashville. So I well, actually, I think, I think we did have one podcast guest who, who actually did use them. That's okay. Nice. Um, so, you know, they have the beautiful rooms and the big queen size bed, and it just looks like a hotel and it's gorgeous. And, um, you know, I was really excited to give birth there and I did, um, love my experience there, except when my third was born, she, um, I, I pushed her out really fast. And with my second to my second and third, I've had cervical, a lip, not a lip, but, um, swollen cervix, my cervix swells. So, um, I think for my second, it happened because I pushed too soon. Like I was 10 centimeters and they told me to push and I didn't really feel the urge, but I was like, Oh heck yeah. Like (laughs) let's do this. So I think that I pushed too soon and I got the swollen cervix because of that. And the third time the same thing happened actually. Um, and I was telling them, no, I do not want to push. And they kind of pushed me to do it. So that was the first reason I didn't love it there. But, um, actually when she was born, I pushed her out really quickly and, she kind of didn't have a chance to breathe. So when she came out, she was struggling to breathe and she um, had to be transferred to the hospital. So that was the one thing that I was kind of like, oh, you know, I think if we were at home, 
you know, you have a midwife who can assess the situation a little better, where at the birthing center, they have liability. So, I mean, the midwife at home does too, but they're just more seasoned and more confident, I think. And so at Baby and Company, they were frantic. I'll just be honest. They were frantic. I was like, what's wrong? You know, she seems fine. She's moving. She's making noise. She's just not screaming yet. It's okay. Um, and they were just really panicked. So they had us call the ambulance and transfer her. So I did deliver there, but we had to transfer the hospital. She was completely fine. As soon as we got to the hospital, she was screaming her head off. Um, (laughs) so nothing wrong with her. If there had been something wrong with her, I would have been like a little bit more hesitant to have a home birth, but also not because again, I can learn from that previous experience and, you know, push a little bit differently or, you know, give her more time when coming out. And so anyway, I, I did love baby and company. I'm so glad we did that versus doing another hospital birth, because I think that kind of was like one more step toward having a home birth. I kept saying, okay, if this one goes well, we'll have a home birth. (laughs) If this one goes well, we'll have a home birth. And then, um, yeah, so that was, I, I just really wanted to do it differently than the hospital. And that's why we chose baby and company. And for the most part, I loved, loved, loved it. Prenatal care was so much better, so much more intimate, um, so much more natural. Like I didn't have to do the the glucose drink, which by the way, no one has to do that. You can always have an option, but I didn't know that. But when I went to baby and company, they did give me the option of doing um, the grape juice instead of the orange drink, which I love just like little things like that were just a different, a different approach to prenatal care, which I really loved and just felt more cared for there. You do have to rotate through midwives. So you're not seeing the same midwife every time and you're not guaranteed any midwife during, um, delivery, you just get who's on call. So that's kind of like another reason why I really wanted to have a home birth because I wanted to know who is going to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that third birthing experience, uh, also when you transported to the hospital, did you get to go home pretty quickly or was it a, did you end up having, um, we had to stay a night. They Mm. actually were going to try to keep us two nights because again, I was GBS positive. I wasn't with my second, but I was with my first and third. And at the birthing center, they actually have a rule that if you birth there, you have to have antibiotics during labor. Mm. And I didn't even know that until I tested positive, which was, you know, how far along are you? 37 weeks at that point. So I was like, well, I could, you know, transfer somewhere else at this point to deliver, but I also don't want to do that. So I was like, okay, we'll just do the antibiotics during labor. I was just hoping I would get there too late, (laughs) but I did, I got there eight centimeters. So, um, by the time they gave me the antibiotics, I only could get one round. So Mm -hmm. they considered it not fully effective, I guess. And so they wanted to keep us longer in the hospital because of that. And I was just like, listen, she's fine. (laughs) Please just let us go home. Um, It was crazy. They didn't have a room for us. We stayed in triage for like nine hours. And then we finally got to go to a room and it had like a shared bathroom. It was just, it was like a closet and there was no place for Justin to sleep. And so it was, you know, we didn't plan for that because at at the birthing center, you go home um, six hours later. So we didn't have anyone to watch our other kids it was kind of crazy. So, um, we pushed to leave as soon as possible. So the next morning we left, which it was fine, but you know, 
goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Never a dull moment. So my one goal for my fourth birth was that I just don't want a good story to tell. I really just want like a boring birth. I don't want any like exciting things to tell. <laughs> I just want it to not be a good story. <laughs> oh, well, let's see. I think it's going to be a great story. So, <laughs> so you become pregnant with your fourth. What was that like? And how did you go about finding your home birth midwife? Um, so we got pregnant in October of 2019, I believe. And this is obviously before the whole pandemic thing, before all of that. And again, my husband was like, okay, this is the last baby. And I was like, okay, we're having a home. I was like, can we have a home birth this time? And, you know, at first he was like, oh my gosh, really? And, but he, as soon as he learned about, he's a very like facts person. So as soon as I sent him one article, or one research, you know, study that shows home birth is actually safer sometimes for low risk women. He was like sold We're we're doing a home birth and he gets like very passionate about things. So he was all about it, telling everyone about it. It was so cute. And so <laughs> we decided to have a home birth probably around when I was 11 weeks, there was another birthing center here um, that I was considering but the one thing that I did not like was that they do not let you deliver in the tub. So because it was um, attached to a hospital, they didn't let you deliver in the water. And I was just not a fan of that. I've always wanted a water birth. That was my goal with my, with my third and it didn't happen, but um, it was just, I'm like, this is going to happen this time. So that was kind of a deciding factor for us to have a home birth. And my midwife, I had heard of her from several of my friends who have had home births. She um, is, she has done 40 years of midwifery, had all eight of her babies at home. She does lots of um, the Amish in our community, mm -hmm. a lot of the births there. So just out in the middle of nowhere, so that made me feel really comfortable and safe with her knowing that she's done, she's done, she's basically delivered babies in the middle of the woods and it's been fine. Um, and so that was, we met with her and I loved her. I just felt really confident in her, in her skills and her experience. I needed someone who had seen it all and, I mean, you know, could handle it all. I was very concerned about my, sw my swollen cervix issue. And so I just brought that up to her and she shared several things that she could do um, if that happened. And I just felt like, okay, we have the tools here to have this baby. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and I was like, gosh, what a, what a good choice that was to have a home birth because I would not want to be going into a hospital right now with all of the stuff that was going on. And so that was, yeah, that was how we decided to have a home birth and how we found her. And how nice that you had already gotten with this midwife before the pandemic hit, because yes, certainly so much harder for people to choose after it had hit because midwives got booked up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said that she was having people call her up until like 38, 39 weeks pregnant, trying to switch. And she's so sweet. She just accepts everyone and <laughs> she doesn't overbook herself, but she's just like, you know, she'll accept you until, you know, she said, sometimes I've walked, I've walked into births and it's the first time I've ever met them right. and <laughs> delivered their baby. And I was like, wow. I mean, it's, yeah, she's, she's amazing. So yeah, I loved her so much. And um, she was very, very wise and, you know, an older woman. So just, yeah, tons of experience. I yeah, was really happy with our decision. That's incredible. So I'd love to hear then how did this labor unfold? 
Okay. Um, so my due date was on July 24th, which was a Thursday. Yes. No, Friday, a Friday. And I've always gone past my due date with all of my babies. So, you know, came and went and I didn't think anything of it. Actually, it was, I, I love being pregnant and I love the end of pregnancy, especially. I know that makes me crazy, but I just, you know, when they finally drop and you kind of have a little bit more room to eat and just, oh, I just love it. I love, I love being pregnant. So, you know, I'm never really in a hurry to have a baby. And I, my husband and I kind of, you know, start to, that week, the week leading up to, or the week, you know, once I pass my due date starts to kind of think, okay, what do we need to, you know, not start doing, but, you know, moving toward, you know, I don't want to go to the 43 weeks and having a home birth, obviously, you know, 42 weeks, she would, she told me it would be fine if I went past 42 weeks, but, um, you know, you just don't want to really get into that territory if you can help it. So we usually do, um, you know, lots of sex if we can and, you know, pressure points with Clary Sage, which is an essential oil, but definitely don't use that. I don't, I don't ever use it until I'm at my due date or later. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously everyone has a different comfort level with that. That's just what we do. So rubbing pressure points with that. And then just, you know, lots of walking and lunges and not really trying to induce labor, just trying to get baby in a really good position to, to be born. So that's what we started doing. Um, I got a prenatal massage and she kind of worked on my pressure points and everything. And then Sunday morning, um, I had feel, felt nothing. I mean, I had Braxton Hicks my whole entire pregnancy pretty much. Cause like fourth kid, you just, they just start really early <laughs> and, but I had nothing else, no signs. I started feeling a little bit of cramping, maybe like that weekend, but nothing really. I was like, Oh, maybe this is, you know, early labor, nothing. So Sunday morning I woke up and my shorts were wet and I was like, Oh, okay, this is new. Like, it's not like I peed and it's not like a puddle. So I smelled it and it smelled, you know, not like pee. So I told my doula that my water was probably leaking, which is what she probably, she was like, yeah, that's probably what's happening. So just keep an eye out. You know, if you don't have contractions, it's okay. Just, um, just keep being active and all that stuff. Watch out for fever. Obviously you don't want to have an infection. So I just, we just went about our day. It was, we had lots of things to do still in our house. I, I was like, I really hope that I get like, don't just wake up in labor in the middle of the night and not have any time to clean my house. <laughs> so I know that's crazy, but we, you know, just made the bed. We had to put like our mattress protector on the bed and the sheets over it, made the bed, just ran some errands. Um, just, you know, odds and ends. We just stayed active. It was actually a really nice day. Just our family, just knowing it's the last day that we're going to be just a family of five. My kids were so funny because my oldest, um, I told her, I'm like, I, I think you should wear your big sister shirt to bed tonight because, oh. you know, I just don't know if tomorrow you're going to have a baby sister. And she was like, she still to this day is like, mom, how did you know? Like, how did you know that she was coming? Like, it's so cute. So, um, my, I started having contractions a little bit, pretty inconsistent and not close together or anything and nothing that would like stop me in my tracks. But from going from feeling nothing to just, you know, a little bit of cramping and contractions, I was like, okay, well, I'm not in denial. I'm still in denial a little bit, but maybe something's going to happen in the next few days. And so around dinner time, they started happening. We got the kids to bed and then, um, we just are night owls. So we were still awake at like 12 
and did our little nighttime routine with the pressure points and everything. And I started feeling contractions like really intensely, really fast. So my husband was like, okay, I'm going to just, you lay down and I'm going to go clean the garage. Cause I didn't, I didn't really tell him. I like to not tell anyone that they're happening because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> so I kind of was like, okay, go clean the garage. I'm just going to go to sleep. And I text him three minutes later and said, um, can you come fill up the birth tub? Cause I think I'm in labor. <laughs> I'm like, just in case, just in case. He was like, are you serious? What happened in the past three minutes? Um, and so I text my mid, my doula and she was like, wow, that really picked up quickly. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just, I, I think that my, my uterus or my, you know, my uterus just kind of goes into, okay, we're going to do this now. So I got in our bathtub while the birth tub was, I didn't want to get in the birth tub and have to like refill it with water several times. So I got in our regular bathtub and the contractions were actually really um, close together. So they were like five minutes apart and a minute long right away, which is very similar to my second labor. So I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm in active labor already. And I, my, my mid, my doula was like, okay, you should probably call your midwife and let her know they, they actually know each other, my midwife and my doula, because my doula was a midwife assistant as well. Mm. So she, and her, she knew, um, Cheryl was my midwife's name, but she knew her. So it was really nice. Cause she like called her for me and communicated with her for me. So she was like, okay, call her and just let her know. Cause my midwife lives an hour and 15 minutes away. And I was like, I do not want her to miss my birth. <laughs> I am, I'm not trying to, um, free birth this baby <laughs> from my first home birth. <laughs> I know a lot of people do that and it's amazing, but I'm just, I like when people are around me, <laughs> but I want Cheryl. So yes, I want help <laughs> just in case. So she, um, headed over my doula headed over around three. I think she arrived around three thirty or three or something. And she just had me lay on my side and just to see if they would, um, slow down just, just in case, like it was just false alarm. And I didn't want my midwife to come all the way there for nothing. So I laid on my side for a while and they did slow down a little, but my midwife ended up just heading over and she arrived around, I think four forty-five in the morning. So around like 1.30 in the morning, my contractions were like, okay, this is labor. And then my midwife arrived around 4.45 and she checked me. I like to be checked. I know a lot of people, especially home birth moms are very hands-off. And I, to a certain extent, I am the same way, but I like to know where I'm at just because I am a very um, literal person. And so I wanted to know, okay, I'm in labor, <laughs> number one. And I also really wanted to know the baby's station because with my third when I got to the birthing center, I was eight centimeters, but she was negative two stations still. She was really high. And I, I think that contributed to her breathing issues when she was born, because when I pushed, I had to push her so far and she really wasn't in the birth canal until that very last minute. And so I really didn't want that to happen again. And I knew that we could do things like positions to help bring the baby down a little if we needed to. So she checked me at, you know, almost five in, five in the morning. And I was, I think four centimeters and I want to say I was already zero station. So that was encouraging. I was like, great. She's already lower and I'm only four centimeters. So I was a little bit discouraged by that, but also so happy that she was low. So everyone went to sleep. She was like, okay, you're going to rest. 
and everyone's going to take a nap, which I liked that because I felt a little bit bad that everyone was already there early and it was only four centimeters. So we all went to, I tried to rest between contractions and I woke up. I, she was like, just wake everyone up when you can't lay down anymore. So that lasted about an hour and a half, probably around like 6.30 maybe. She came back and checked me again and I was already almost seven centimeters. So that was really great. I was like, wow, just from laying down for that whole time, I'm already almost seven centimeters. So from then on, it got a little bit more intense, obviously getting into transition. Um, This is when they started filling up the birth tub. When Justin had started filling it up the first time, we noticed it had a hole in it. So that was the only kind of eventful thing that happened in our birth, which I'm thankful for the birth, like the outside wall of the, it was like a blow up tub had, um, an air leak. So we had her bring another one. So we had to uninflate that one, empty out the water. Um, and then she brought in the other ones. They had to do all that, which took about an hour and a half, Well, maybe an hour. Yeah. Maybe an hour. Which, you know, at that point I was like, get me in the tub. Please. I need to be in the water right now because Relief. yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so intense. So thankfully my doula brought a tens unit and I had used that during my third birth too. And I, I, I was so skeptical at first that it would actually work, but it really does help. Have you ever used one of those? I haven't, but I know that they can be so helpful. It's crazy. I'm like, how does this actually work? But it really does. She put the little pads on my lower back and probably for about 30 minutes, I used that during that really intense time where I couldn't get in the water yet because it wasn't full. Um, and that really helped. And I just loved being um, bent over, kind of standing up, but bent over the counter or the bed, just swaying side to side. I really love pressure, like the hip squeeze and pressure on my lower back as much as, you know, possible during contractions. And the biggest thing for me that we took a, um, a class during like a hypnobirthing class during pregnancy. And the biggest thing was breathing. And it sounds so simple, but I don't know why I've never learned it with my first three was just breathing in for four and breathing out for eight. And that just, it like was revolutionary to me because you can't focus on the contraction because you're counting. So I'm literally counting in my head and that just brought me back to center every time. Like whenever I would lose focus, I could just start counting again in for four out for eight. And Justin and my doula knew to remind me, okay, Brittany breathe out in for four out for eight. And the out for eight is actually really hard because it, it's a lot of, it's a long breath. So it causes you to really relax. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. Um, the biggest difference from, all my other births and my fourth was relaxing. Just knowing that I don't have to do anything. My body and my baby know exactly what to do. And it's their, it's their job. And my only job is to surrender, to release, to relax, to completely let my uterus just do its job and not make it happen. I think as women, we just want to like do, do, do. And birth is no different. You know, you feel like you have to do this many squats and this position. And yeah, when there are things that go, you know, that are not right, you do have to switch things up and try different things. But I think when things are just going normal and you don't need to speed it up in any way, you just relax. And that was, I think the biggest, (laughs) it sounds so silly when I say it, but I'm like, just breathe, like breathe in for four out for eight. And it's so it was so mind blowing to me how that made such a difference. And I, the contractions just went by so fast because I was just breathing Mm -hmm. and, um, just relaxing my body, just learning to 
let it go. Just let it go. And just let that wave like wash over you. And, and then it's done after that, you don't have to do it again. And that was one thing my doula kept saying to me over and over again, that I loved so much. She would just say, good job. You never have to do that one again. Like it gives me, it gives me goosebumps to think about it. Cause like, yeah, you, that's one step closer to meeting your baby. And so anyway, so um, so the tub was finally filled up and it was, I think around 8 AM and I got in and it was amazing. It was like a complete, uh, it's so, it's, it, don't they call it the midwife's epidural is yep. <laughs> what the water is called. It's so true. And I love being in water when I'm in labor so much. So I got in there and I was really hot because just being in transition, I get really nauseous also. So my husband is like putting wet washcloths on me and I have the peppermint essential oil in my, like up in my nose every time I'm nauseous and that helped a ton. And they're like feeding me ice chips and giving me coconut water. And I just felt so supported and it was my house. Like, you know, where's the coconut water? And like everyone, I could just tell them it was in my fridge. Like, I just thought that was so cool. And not having to worry about um, when to leave to go somewhere was also really huge. Like that's always kind of a stressful thing, right? When you're a mom and you're in labor, like you don't want to get there too soon and you don't want to get there too late and you don't want to have a baby in your car and you don't like, you know, it's all these, like that just adds one more level of stress, I think, and things that you have to think about and what bag to pack and the kids have to be here. So if you have other kids, you have to have this person come over and watch them or, you know, just, Oh, all that stuff. And I just did not have to worry about any of it. It was so lovely and just so relaxing and just peaceful. Like it was, it was honestly just like really enjoyable. I was sad that it was over. Um, my husband, I was like, I really don't want my birth to be any less than six hours because I just want to enjoy it. Like, I don't want it to be super fast. I just want to be able to, to enjoy it. So um, around 8am, I got in the water and that was amazing. Like I said, and I, she was born at 859. So I wasn't in there very long. A lot of people have asked if the water stayed warm. And so it did for me, cause it was only like an hour, but, um, my husband did find this like aquarium. It's like an aquarium thing that goes on the hose that we hooked up to our sink and it allows the water to go in and out. So if, if, it, got, if it got warm, and it's like $4. <laughs> so if it got warm, if it got too cool, he could just let some water out through that same hose, not have to touch anything and then put more hot water in. So we wouldn't have to like boil water or like do hot buckets of water or anything like that. So that, but we didn't need to anyway. So, um, I had my midwife check me again, probably around, she told me the times and now I'm forgetting, but I think it was probably around like eight 30 just because I had pushed too soon in the past and I didn't want to do that and cause my cervix to swell because when it swells, it's another hour to get that swelling to go down. It, at least in my case, it has been. And that's just an hour where you're stuck in transition with a swollen right. cervix and you know, your body is wanting to push and you can't. So I really wanted to avoid that. So she checked me. She was like, everything's perfect, Brittany, you do not have any swelling like you. And that just brought like so much peace over me that just made me feel like, okay, I can do like, I'm good to go. I can do this. And I know, um, she did that. And that was where I was like, she is so worth it because I didn't even ask her to do that. I mean, I asked her to check me, but I didn't ask her to say those words to me. And she just knew from me talking about it so much that that would help me. And she, I think she could tell that I was feeling pushy, but I was a little bit scared right. to push because I didn't want to make my cervix swell. So she just said, okay, you can just bring her down whenever you're ready. And so I just, 
um, kind of worked with my contractions to breathe. And when I started to feel like I could not push, I pushed and I think I pushed maybe three, not even really pushed. I just made really loud noises. <laughs> um, I'm not one of, I see birth videos sometimes. I'm like, they're making zero noise and that, and they're pushing out a baby. And I'm just, I'm not really that way. I am quiet until pushing. And then I like to make some noise, but um, I think it's good. I think those primal noises are actually really powerful. And um, I, yeah, so I pushed for like eight minutes. It was eight minutes total, I think. And she was born. And it was funny because I was leaning over the front of the, the tub, um, the inflatable tub. And I actually thought about this and asked my midwife about this ahead of time, because I'm just that kind of person where I like to know what's going to happen and what to do if this happens or this happens. I like to know all the scenarios. So I told her, I'm like, what do you think would happen if I pushed leaning over and she came up behind me? So then what do I do? Well, wouldn't you know, that is what happened. So I pushed and my husband wanted to catch her. He's caught all of our babies. And so he got in the pool. He didn't even know because he was in front of me and the midwife assistant was kind of behind the pool, just there, just in case. And so she could see the baby coming out, but my husband was still in front of my face. And I was like, Justin, her head is out. <laughs> and he was like, oh my gosh. So he jumped in, not jumped in, but yeah, he kind of jumped in okay. and he, you know, it was really quick. Cause I was like the next contraction, her whole body came out. And so he grabbed her or caught her, not grabbed her. That sounds bad, but he caught <laughs> her and, um, and then the cord was pretty short, which has happened in two of my births too, the short cord thing. And so I'm, she's behind me and I'm like trying to like get her to my chest. And I'm like, what do we do now? So we had to like maneuver her underneath my leg. And if you've seen my birth video, I think you shared my birth video or someone shared my birth video. And um, you can see her have to be maneuvered under my leg and into my chest. It was all of like, 15 seconds, but you know, in that moment, you're kind of like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, she was on my chest and oh my gosh, I just remember putting my head back and thinking, oh, I did it. And just feeling so proud and so amazing. And it's just in that moment, it's just pure, like heaven, like bliss. You have zero pain and all of the hard work is so worth it. And oh my gosh, it was the best experience of my life. And she was not crying again. And I was like, okay, I guess my babies just don't cry when they're born. Like my second didn't cry. My first didn't cry either, but they, she eventually cried, but she was just not crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? Are we going to really have to be transferred again? And so I was all worried and I could tell in my, in the video watching it that I'm a little worried and no one else is worried. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is the opposite of what happened with my third. I was nice. not worried and no, and they were. And so I, I told this assistant, I'm like, does she want to like suction her or, you know, and they were listening to her and she was fine. She was completely fine. She just was chill. Like she just laid on me and stared at me. And then she went to sleep oh. and she didn't, she didn't cry. I think until we got out of the water and we put her like, like, I think I flipped her over for a second just to look at her and then she cried and it was just, it was just so cool to see them be calm about it and not, it's not an emergency. Birth is just not always an emergency. And I think that when you watch TV and you see all these horror stories of birth, you just think in your head that it's this very dangerous, um, 
scary thing. And it's, it's, it makes me sad because that's what many moms think about it. And so I hope that my story just kind of normalizes birth for what it is, just a natural thing. I mean, women have been giving birth for all these years and before hospitals were a thing. And so, um, obviously if you have any issues, your midwife would, the midwife would know that, okay, this is not going to be a good situation. You have to transfer or whatever. Um, but for me, it was just such a peaceful, normal event. And my, my girls, my, I have three older girls. They slept through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, we had someone come over around eight o'clock to, because that's normally when they start to wake up just to get my oldest. Cause I really wanted her to come and see her be born if she wanted to. Um, and she didn't want to, she's very much like, I don't want to see blood type of yeah. kid. So <laughs> she didn't want to see her be born, but she came like right when she was born. So when, as soon as she was on my chest, she got to come in and see the cord being my husband cut the cord. And so it was just wonderful. And then my other two girls got woken up and they came in and it was just so sweet. That my, that was my favorite part. It was just after just being in my own house, in my bed, my kids were there. Um, it was just, it was amazing. Everything was just done right beside me on the bed. Eventually, you know, when they did the newborn exam, the midwife did it right there. They, I just laid back and <laughs> snuggled with my baby and they cleaned up the tub it was like a, it was like a production, like a theater, like a cleanup. Like I was impressed. It was like five seconds. They're all doing something and putting trash bags here and trash bags there and setting all my postpartum stuff out for me and getting me food. And it was just, I was just in my head. The only thing I think was, this is what birth should be like. And I'm so thankful that I had that experience because number one, I obviously want more babies. And my husband was like, okay, maybe we could do this again because it was so like, I'm like, how can you not want to do this again? Like, it was just so incredible. And, you know, birth is just one of those things where it can either be something that you passively experience and, you know, you just, it's a, it's a means to an end, a baby, obviously. And that's fine for a lot of people, but it also can be just like a transforming Oh, just magical experience. And I'm just really thankful that I got to have that kind of experience. Oh, that is beautiful. And you know what I, I love the most about your story is that the least invasive experience that you had went the best. And exactly. How often yep. is that the case? You know, if we just leave well enough alone, like, yep. it's, it's going to go well. It is so true. And just feeling like the freedom to not have to be delivering, oh, it's your due date. So there's this pressure to, you know, induce labor or anything like that. I didn't have to, I never got checked during my pregnancy to see if I was dilated. Um, just, it was very hands-off. And I think all of that definitely plays a role. It's, it's a lot of it is just mindset, just women having the space and the ability to feel safe, empowered and free to, give birth when their body says to, I think is so important. And it leads to better, better outcomes. Like you said, better births. Oh, that is beautiful. Brittany, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing your journey. Just, you know, how you transitioned from the very beginning with your first child, all the way to this beautiful home birth experience. There's so much information for other moms to glean from this. And it was just such a joy to have you. So thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. This was seriously such an honor. And I just, I'm so thankful I could talk about birth every single moment of the day because I just love it so much. Even before this time, I loved it so much. And I just really, really hope to empower and encourage other moms who have had maybe not so great first, second, whatever experiences with birth and just know that it can be different. You have to do the work. You have to put in the time and educate yourself and empower yourself, but it can totally happen. And, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Wow. So many incredible aspects of birth came up in this episode. Let's go over a few together in this week's episode roundup. First of all, let's talk about dads and doulas. I love how Brittany and her husband recognized the fact that having a doula didn't take away from her husband's role. It added flexibility and an ability for him to focus on the aspects he wanted to focus on. We discuss this thoroughly inside of HHA and even have several worksheets for you to go through as partners to figure out exactly how you want to work together. And number two, as you're going through your contractions, it can be so beneficial to have certain elements to focus on. Brittany used counted breaths as a way to relax, and her doula spoke an encouraging phrase that's one step closer to meeting your baby to her. These may seem like small aspects, but we don't need that much to hold on to, truthfully. Just a few simple elements to cling to through birth can make a vast difference. Love, support, and relaxation can take you so far. And finally, let's end where we began. What tends to work best? High amounts of unpersonalized intervention or space to allow a mother's body to do what it was designed to do. In Brittany's experience and in the countless births of my guests, my students and clients, wow, it sure seems like letting a mother's body work while providing reassuring support and love almost always lead to the very best outcomes. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.